I'm Lauren Vogel, a reporter for CMAJ News, and today I'm joined by historian Michael Bliss. His award-winning books introduced readers from around the world to Canada's greatest medical achievements and heroes, from the discovery of insulin to the life of Dr. William Osler, a founding father of modern medicine. For these and other contributions to the canon of medical history, Bliss will be inducted into the Canadian Medical Hall of Fame on April 14th. Here's Bliss describing his own roots in the profession. It was an overriding fact that Dad was a doctor and we were a doctor's family. And as a little boy, whenever anybody asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I wanted to be a doctor, of course, like my dad. One Sunday afternoon, the police brought a poor drunk who had been in a fight and his face was a bloody mess. He'd been slashed. So I sat quietly and watched as my dad did a virtuoso job of stitching this fellow's face back together. But as I watched it, blood everywhere, alcohol fumes everywhere, I said, if this is being a doctor, I don't think I want to do it. And that was pretty much the end of my love affair with being a doctor. Dad died a year later, and it was only in my late 30s that I got it into my head that I would be really interesting to see what the history of the discovery of insulin looked like. And that was, uh, I guess it was a kind of medical gene expressing itself. You've spent, I think, almost all of your career at U of T. How did you sort of move from sort of more broad social history, political history, business history into medicine? I had often as I walked across the campus, noted the historic plaques to the discovery of insulin. About the same time, and I suppose the greatest inspiration uh, was a letter from my older brother, Bennett McGill, who uh, happened to tell me that there would be a lot of new documents about the discovery of insulin available, and uh, that perhaps he, a physiologist, and me, an historian, might be able to write a book on the subject. Then, alas, my brother died, and um, after a lot of toing and froing, I began the research with fear and trepidation and um, virtually no encouragement. That project then turned into as exciting a research adventure as any historian could ever have. I think a lot of people characterize medicine as a profession that's constantly looking forward. So what do you think is the satisfaction to history that there's such a hungry audience for these kinds of stories? The coming of insulin was about the coming of one of medicine's first and most dramatic, almost miraculous medical achievements. It was one of the first times that a deadly disease, type 1 diabetes, was suddenly stopped in its tracks. The real satisfaction came from writing the stories of these early patients, these little children who were on the brink of death when they were able to get the magical extract produced in the labs of the University of Toronto, and it brought them back to life. It moved physicians at the time to tears, and I've been told many times it's moved the readers of my book to tears. Was there a particular story that stood out to you, a patient story, when you were researching for the book? 58 years 
after the coming of insulin, I found one of the original patients, Elizabeth Hughes, still alive. And um, a couple of years later, I found yet another of the original patients, Ted Ryder, still alive. As a historian, you think you're dealing with the dead, and suddenly you find that the dead are alive. And that was a kind of metaphor of the coming of insulin, because for many of the early physicians and, and workers who saw the impact of insulin on these very same patients, it was so astonishing that the only way they could interpret it was through spiritual categories. And so they would draw on the wellsprings of their own religious backgrounds to use uh, metaphors like miracle and resurrection. When you moved on to other medical subjects, William Osler and Cushing as well, I thought it was interesting. They were also famous for writing essays, for, um, in Cushing's case, writing a medical history of Osler. So were you drawn to them by themes that mirrored your own life? Or were there, were there currents between these different subjects that they shared a common thread? When you're committed to exploring medical history in Canada, you keep coming up against the name of Osler. He was easily the most important physician Canada ever produced. And I went on to the um, next natural project, which was a biography of Osler's biographer, Harvey Cushing, Cushing being to surgery what Osler was to medicine, those books were an attempt to try to get at the root of what it's like to be a physician and a surgeon. And it turned out that these guys are really sort of the archetypes. How would you, how would you describe those archetypes as embodied by Osler and, and Cushing? Osler was in many ways, the high priest of the coming of modern medicine. Today, when medical students begin to research, say, a disease, pneumonia, their reports will start with Osler and his understanding of that disease. His function is as a modern Hippocrates. He's where modern medicine begins. So that to understand the coming of modern medicine, you have to understand Osler. The um, commitment and idealism involved in being a doctor, Osler expressed it absolutely perfectly in ways that in our cynical age we don't um, often understand or appreciate. Was there a, a fatal flaw that, that you found that humanized him for you? Osler as a biographer's nightmare because you, you could not find that kind of flaw. Somebody said the job of an Osler biographer is to uh, capture the shimmer of Osler's wings. And I was able to contrast it when I went on to the Cushing biography because Cushing was the founding father of neurosurgery. And it turned out that he also had the same idealism, the same absolute commitment to patients. Then the contrast between Osler and Cushing is that whereas Osler was a secular saint, Harvey Cushing was a driven workaholic son of a bitch. He was so absolutely committed to his work 
but he had no time for normal human relationships and he disappointed many of the people around him. Those sort of describe two sides of medicine um, that I think a lot of physicians still struggle with today. Do, do you see a lesson there for, for modern physicians that they can take? We live in an age of cynicism. Indeed, we tend almost to be suspicious of idealism and commitment. But I found that you really must be willing to sacrifice a great deal to the needs of your patients. On the other hand, of course, you have other obligations, obligations especially to your family and to a degree to yourself. And every person who goes into the medical life has to find that balance. And when I think back to my father, he could not say no to his patients. He could not say no to his practice. And um, eventually he sacrificed himself. You had a long-standing role as sort of a public intellectual, being very involved in commenting on what's happening in the present with a reference to the past. Canadians have always looked to their healthcare system as one of the identifiers of what it means to be a Canadian. Our healthcare system is a big part of that. Where do you see that transforming in the coming years? To see medicine in historical perspective, in a way, it's been about extending our longevity. But on the other hand, in fact, for most people in secular societies, their life expectancy has been hugely shortened. And the reason for that is that not nearly as many people believe in life after death, in personal immortality. We realize that actually our lives are very short compared to what our grandparents thought their lives would be. And that makes us increasingly anxious that we turn to the doctors. There is an analogy here to, you know, the doctor as God, which is an image fraught with problems. But we now, in fact, do look to healthcare in ways that many of our ancestors looked to the church. So <laughs> it's right at the heart of modern human aspiration. Was there something about your experience in writing political history and business history that colored the lens through which you looked at medical history? I've written a lot of political economic history. I've written about rascals and thieves. That, I think, has, for me, emphasized how at the root of medicine, even as practiced by flawed people who are going to make lots of mistakes and do bad things and do stupid things, at, at the root of, of this is the impulse to care for strangers, which is among the noblest of human impulses that we have. I can be as cynical and critical as any historian can be and recognize evil, actually, which we have a, more than our share in modern life. But at the same time, you learn that you also can recognize uh, what's really important, sacrificing the self to try to serve other human beings. When you look at the legacy of work that you've had, your legacy of teaching, of being a social commentator... What do you consider the highlights of your career? To have been told that my books have influenced people to go into medicine 
somebody wrote me about how points that I'd raised in the discovery of insulin had influenced the direction that their research took. The history isn't normally inspirational, and it probably shouldn't be, but the history that I wandered into is inspirational, and it has inspired people, and to be told that is really rewarding.